Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. What's good, everybody? I am the coach. Welcome into our Early Edge Weekly NFL Mega Preview. It's hard to believe, but week seven is already here. My man, Capper Taylor, says, I got my paper. I got my pencil ready to learn from the absolute very best. So there is a reason why M Squared calls this the most important hour of the entire week. We break down every single game. Seven early, four late, Steelers-Dolphins Sunday night, Bears-Patriots on Monday night. Four teams are off this week, the Bills, the Eagles, the Rams, and the Vikings. We break it down from every single angle, from two of the best that do it today. You take the information. If you like one of our best bets today, get on it. The numbers always change. We also do live streams Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night. We got you covered NFL top to bottom. For those of you who are brand new, Welcome to the Early Edge. We are so glad that you are here. Let's bring in the stars of the show. You know them. You love them. Their information is next to none, first and foremost. Live from Nashville, Tennessee, the penthouse level. M squared. I'll fill in your hockey vibes today, sir. Huh? Huh? Yep. A little hockey vibes tonight. LA Kings visiting the Nashville Predators. Rare game that I'm going to attend because it's a late start, 8.30 p.m. tonight, local time. So... Doesn't interfere with NBA opening night. Doesn't interfere with anything else going on. I'm going to be there. But right now, we're going to break down these NFL games. Do you, by the way, do you get to sit in the sports line box over there at the arena? Is that where you get to sit? Uh, no box tonight, but we will we will be on the glass. So it'll be a uh, it'll be a good seats for sure. There's nothing better if you've never been to an NHL game live. There's nothing like it. It's amazing. Now. He runs the NFL at Sports Sign. He is our guy. It begins and ends with him. He is the stoic one. RJ White, good afternoon. Good afternoon. My team coming off a big win against your team. Of course, I had the pick wrong. I thought the Chiefs were going to handle it, and it could have went either way. I think we can agree at the end, a very close game. So lucky that the Bills ran away with it But uh, you know, at the end, but they're probably going to run away with uh, the number one seed, and uh, then we'll see what the Chiefs can do in Buffalo next time they meet. Yeah, next time they're actually going to have to go to the very frigid uh, northern New York, northwest New York, I guess is what you guys call it up there. By the way, our weekly NFL Mega Preview brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. So glad to have them as our partners here at the Early Edge and at Sportsline. So, gentlemen, if you do not mind, let's jump right into it. We have a lot to get to. As I mentioned, 13 big games on the slate this week. We start with the Colts and the Texans. Currently, the line sitting at two and a half to the Titans. Total 42 and a half. RJ, let's start with you. This is a divisional matchup. It doesn't get any more important than this. Start us off. Well, I'll start with this game, but it's kind of fitting that that the uh, Thursday games have been so bad that you don't even want to talk about them anymore. So uh, let's start with Colts-Titans, and then we'll circle back to the Thursday game that, that nobody cares <laughs> didn't about even think point. about it. Sorry, go ahead. So, uh, yeah, Colts, Colts, Titans, it's two and a half. It was three. It's coming down to the Colts, which is kind of surprising considering how the Colts have played. But Matt Ryan finally had a blow up game, you know, huge game passing last week. He's actually been pretty solid in three of his last four. After all the grief I've gave him, gave him this season, I was kind of surprised to see how solid his numbers are. Tennessee's defense, 31st in yards per play, but 32nd versus the pass. So this is a, a situation where if they come in with the same game plan, he could still have success here, which I think is the way to go, not knowing how healthy those running backs are going to be. And he didn't allow any sacks versus Jacksonville for the first time all year. Maybe the O-line is finally figuring it out. I believe they put Dennis Kelly in at left tackle at one point in the game. Maybe that was the key that unlocked everything for them. Indian, uh, Indianapolis's defense was gashed by Jacksonville's rushing offense, but they're typically solid. They're ninth in yards for play on the season. So maybe that was a one-off. Um, if not, Derrick Henry can come and run all over them. We'll see. Uh, Tennessee's offense, only 28th in yards per play, but they're great once they get to the red zone. Uh, first in the league, actually, I believe over 90% conversion rate. So the key here will be, in, can Indy keep the Titans out of the red zone? My power ratings say Tennessee should be minus four, so I should be on the Titans side now that it's under two and a half. But like I think Indy is probably a sneaky play here, so I might tease Indy if it stays at two and a half. Um, but I think I'm going to be on that side. To that point, Mikey, Indy last week, a lot of people weren't on them. I want to show down with Prop Stars, and they come back late. Matt Ryan had amazing numbers. 
Are you now starting to believe a little bit in this Colts team? Look, I don't honestly, I don't believe in the Colts team much. I'm not a huge believer in the Titans side either. Um, I, I really don't want much part of this game. I make the number three. I think it's mostly right. I do have to lean towards the Titans if it's under three, like it is now at two and a half. Uh, as far as Matt Ryan looking better, I mean, he had to have better throwing numbers uh, when you've got both the running backs out like that in that situation. They're certainly going to look to play or to throw the football a little more in that spot. Uh, but what I'm really concerned about is can they stop Derrick Henry? Can they stop the Titans from moving down the field? Because like RJ mentioned, the Titans have been so efficient in the red zone. Uh, it's really difficult to beat them if you let them get to the red zone. I think it's a one-score game here uh, in this division matchup. I think like RJ's looking to tease it on the Colts side. I don't hate that at all because, uh, again, I think it's a one-score game in this divisional matchup. But the numbers say we should be leaning towards Tennessee here. And by the way, speaking of teasers, last week we had Seattle. Great teaser. Kansas City, great teaser. There was a lot of great teaser legs. It's a great way to attack it. And nobody is better than Mikey at figuring out who those teaser legs should be. Now, thank goodness we have a good producer because he did not get ahead of himself when I got ahead of myself. So, as RJ said, why don't we talk about Thursday Night Football just for a second, if you don't mind. Now, it's the Saints and the Cardinals. Well, there's a reason maybe my mind just went over it because it could be a stinker. But both of my guys have picks on this game already. The number at one and a half, the total at 44 and a half. Mikey, let's start with you. Yeah, plug your nose on this one here, but uh, I'm going to be backing the Arizona Cardinals here on the money line, minus 118. I'm not playing a minus one and a half. I want them to get in, get out with the win. Uh, you know, we've said it a couple times already. Their backs are truly against the wall here in this spot. Now they've got Marquise Brown out for the season, most likely here. They went out and traded for Robbie Anderson. I don't necessarily hate that move for Robbie Anderson. We'll see if he can revive things for himself personally here. But this is also about DeAndre Hopkins returning. I expect him to be fine in this particular spot. Look for Kyler Murray to run the football even more uh, in this particular matchup here. I think it's a situation where on the other side, we don't necessarily know who's quarterbacking yet. Uh, likely Andy Dalton again, but possibly could see some changes there. Uh, as far as the game goes overall, though, I don't think the Saints team is very good personally. Uh, now you're putting them on the road in this spot on a short week. Give me the Cardinals to get a win and attempt to revive their season, even though I don't think they're going to have much success long term this season. I like them to grab the win here on their home field. Now, I know that we can't assume anything, but if there's anything I've learned from RJ, don't say, well, they took nine points off the board. But RJ, last week, Arizona legit took nine points off the board because the decision-making is horrendous by Cliff Kingsbury. Now, based off what Mikey just said, I could see with the players coming back and being at home that this could be a, a good get-right spot for them. Do you think so? Yeah, Mikey's saying about their backs against the wall. Well, it's a good thing they have a great coaching staff in place that, that's going to respond well <laughs> with their backs against the wall. It's also when you have these quick turnarounds and these short time to prepare. I don't really favor the, the worst coaching staff in these situations. And I think the Cardinals are about as bad as anyone can get with how, with how they've coached so far. So um, I would be leaning against the Cardinals here. I like New Orleans in a teaser, teasing them up to plus seven and a half. Arizona is getting Hopkins back, but they lose Brown. I don't think Robbie Anderson's going to be up to speed yet with just a couple days to prepare um, for this game. Um, you know, the best they can do is throw them out there and said, okay, your route is run straight on this play and just do that, you know, a handful of times and see what happens. Arizona's offense had just 4.4 yards per play and three points against the NFL's worst defense coming into the game. I don't know how we could trust them here to score points in this matchup. Um, New Orleans offense has actually overcome a lot of key injuries this season to rank seventh in yards per play. Um, and they've done that, you know, with a pretty good running game, um, Taysom Hill running around sometimes, but also we saw last week, Kamara, Ingram, they all got it going there. And you can run on Arizona's defense. I think the line should be pick them. So I think there's value catching points with the one and a half, even better to throw them in a teaser, get it up over seven. So I made New Orleans plus seven and a half, the first leg of my teaser. And for those of you who are brand new or maybe brand new to betting, the numbers that these guys tell you all the time, 3, 7, and 10, very important to get the teaser through those numbers if you want to maximize and also give it on the half a point. Take the push, which is a loss, out of play. All right, moving on. Game number two on Sunday, game number three for the show. Browns and the Ravens. I also think this is a get-right spot for Baltimore after blowing a 10-point second-half lead to the Giants and losing at the Meadowlands. Ravens currently laying six-and-a-half, guys. The total of 46-and-a-half. 
and both of you love this game as well. RJ, let's start with you. I have a best bet on the Ravens. They have three losses. They were up double digits in all three. They just can't haven't found ways to close games. But this one last week was kind of weird. They had seven yards per play in the game. The Giants had 3.8 yards per play. They completely dominated the box score. And it's just that score, you know, at the end didn't help them. That, that turnover at the end didn't help them. Um, I think their issue of closing games is less of an issue against Cleveland uh, with a pass offense. That's 24th in yards per play. They, I think that offense really needs to play from ahead with the running game. And if they get behind, I don't like them to, to rally back and win. I liked what I was seeing from Jacoby Brissett early in the season, especially his arm strength, which I didn't know, didn't know he, have, he had. Um, fast forward a few weeks now, it's completely gone. So maybe he just has like 75 bullets in his arm every year. And then once you get past that point, good luck after that. Uh, Baltimore's offense, 30 yards per play, first in rush yards per play. They're up against an awful Cleveland defense. That's 28th overall in yards per play and, and bad against both facets of the game. Um, so with Baltimore coming off that domination, um, I think that they get positive regression here, have a really good game here. Feels like they're due for a blowout win. So I like Baltimore laying the six and a half as a best bet. I go on a show every Tuesday morning and kind of give out different bets from Sportsline. And I didn't even know that this was one of your plays. And I gave out the Ravens minus six and a half. I don't know if that makes you feel better or worse about your pick right now, RJ. Better. <laughs> I thought we were getting a no comment. <laughs> That's what I thought. God, I love him. Just trying so to be nice. Much. Yeah. I love you so much. All right. Now we've talked about straight bets. We've talked about teasers, but there's also another way. If you think a team is just going to win, bring the number down and stack a couple together. Mikey, that's what you're choosing to do on this game. Talk to me. Yeah, it's essentially teasing it down to minus a half because I'm taking them on a money line in the money line parlay. Ultimately, I think they find a way to get the W in this game. I do lean towards the minus six and a half as well. I think it's an excellent get right spot for Baltimore, one where they don't really let up in this game. Uh, like RJ mentioned, this team, is, it's a good team. They could be undefeated at this point in the season. They certainly should not have lost at least one of those games, potentially two of the three. Um, so I think they're a fine team. I think we're going to see another good performance from Lamar in this particular situation. And I like them to ultimately get the win. So I paired them with another leg of the parlay that I will give here in a little bit. I never, until I started working with you guys, I never thought about all these different ways. That's why I was such a bad NFL better. I looked at you, oh, I've got to force that six and a half. No, you don't. No, you don't. This is a great way to do it. Mikey, thank you very much. All right, now this next game. Who would have thought that five weeks ago or six weeks ago, we would be looking at this particular game going, boy, it's a stinker, but it is. Green Bay has lost the last two weeks to the New York football teams. Aaron Rodgers looks like he's disinterested in playing football for the Green Bay Packers anymore. But, alas, they still are laying five and a half on the road in Washington. Total 46 and a half. As we know, the owners are meeting in, in, in New York. There's all this turmoil within the Washington team. Will it carry over to the team? Well, Carson Wentz had surgery this week. He broke his ring finger. How that will affect him moving forward, I'm not quite sure. But... As a brand, nothing on this game yet. But, Mikey, when you look at this game, uh, what are your initial thoughts? Uh, my initial thoughts are I, I think that it's nice to see the Packers less than a touchdown favorite. The problem is is they, they haven't looked good at all, not even close to uh, what we expected of them coming in. So as far as Taylor Heineke as well, like he's been serviceable at times for a game or two. Uh, that part's interesting here, but – as far as my number on the game, I make it Packers minus six and a half. It's a pretty healthy lean right there at that point. Um, you could make the argument all the way up to seven. You could make the argument that you should stay away from Green Bay and just avoid the game uh, in this spot. But overall, it's not a particularly difficult road environment. Uh, and, you know, the way things are going right now for Green Bay, I you know, it's never a situation where you don't want to play at home. But, you know, having a a road win to go get right is maybe what the Packers need at this point here. Uh, was very curious on Aaron Jones's usage in the last game. So all of these things are kind of keeping me off of it, but the computer wants me to play green Bay at five and a half. Again, make it six and a half, very close to making it seven. I uh, haven't played it yet. We're going to wait and get some more news uh, throughout the next 48 hours. Yeah, it's going to be very, very tantalizing not to try to get the Packers before it goes to six or even to seven. Now, RJ, when I come to you, sometimes, and we just talked about it with the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson, sometimes there are really good spots when a really great player has not been playing well on his team that he can say, you know what, this is the week. This kind of feels like that for Green Bay, but as Mikey said, 
they haven't even proven they have a switch to flip. Is this the week? Well, it feels like last week should have been the week coming off of that loss. Mm-hmm. And then it's shocking how much the offense struggled. Only four yards per play at home against the Jets defense that that I know they have Robert Sala coach, but they haven't been great this season. Green Bay's offense now 17th in yards per play, 23rd in pass yards per play. Um, I'm not sure that they'll just be okay. I can't just chalk it up to, oh, it's been one game. It's been two games. It's been six weeks and this offense doesn't look right. Um, I, they, they had one, I think, complete game in week two against Chicago. You know, congratulations for that. Um, but aside from that, I haven't been confident in them. Washington's defense couldn't stop the run against Chicago on Thursday, but they should get pressure on Rodgers here. Um, I, it's going to be Taylor Heineke at quarterback, we know. That might not be a downgrade with how Carson Wentz has played. So I don't know that I adjust my number that much. I still have this at Packers minus six, so I should be on the on the side with with uh, Mikey here. But I don't really like this Green Bay team, even in a in a favorable road environment, which doesn't have a great home field advantage, which is why the number is only six for me. Um, I probably would still be leaning Washington. So hopefully it goes up to six, even six and a half, and then I might be looking at Washington with Heineke. At least with Taylor Heineke. You know he wants to be in there. You know he wants to play. He shows you that he's excited to be on the field. And I'll take that at this point from Washington. All right, next game. Very, very interesting, gentlemen. The Lions, yeah, they can score. They gave up a lot of points. But it almost feels like the bloom is coming off the rose a little bit because after hard knocks, people said they're going to be a playoff team. They're not playing like it right now. The other side, they are the Cowboys. Now, according to Jerry Jones earlier today, I heard him on Center saying that if – Dak Prescott continues to improve this week. He will be under center at home this week against the Lions. Currently, that number is at seven, total at 48. RJ, if Dallas says that Dak Prescott is a go, is this number going to go up? It probably should. Um, I think it should be eight with him, which means I should be jumping on Dallas right now. But again, I might be going against my power ratings number here. Um, I'm, you know, I, I think if Dak plays, he's he's healthy enough to play. Obviously, maybe he'll be fine. Maybe he'll be rusty after all this time off. I don't know. Detroit's offense fourth in yards per play, but coming off that ugly shutout. But I think their offensive line is good enough to counter Dallas's rush. We all know that Dallas, the strength of their defense is that front four and how they're able to get so much pressure. But Detroit's strength on offense is the offensive line and on their team. So that'll be an interesting little chess match to see if they're able to come out and have a good game and they'll be healthier in this game, they got a bye week. So, um, you know, that they'll come in with a healthier people on defense that defense isn't great, no matter who's out there for, for Detroit, but at least you want to have your starters out there. So um, if they're coming in healthy, they covered four straight off their bye last year. So it's possible they come out, they lose this game by three instead of seven, still lose, still consider losers like, like you're been alluding to, but still get the cover. So my lean here is probably Detroit plus seven, but again, hopefully Dak gets cleared. The number goes up and then we can play Detroit over a touchdown. Yeah. And maybe a, a teaser leg too, up to 15, although that is a little scary because it seems too good to be true. Now, Mikey, the Lions have been an absolute over machine. This total is sitting at 48. Should that be with or without Dak? Should that be the angle we should uh, attack? I lean that way, but I personally question Detroit's ability to score on Dallas as easily as they have on other teams in the past. Uh, I think that Dallas can still generate enough of a pass rush and make things uncomfortable. My lean on the game is Dallas minus seven here. Uh, I think you can make the argument this thing could be closer to 10. Um, I I like Dallas in this spot. I haven't played it yet. I'm waiting for a little confirmation on it. Uh, I definitely will end up having Dallas as a potential money line leg in a parlay as well. Uh, but I like the spot for him. I think they take care of business. You know, we talked on the show, what, two or three weeks ago about when Dak might return. And this is the date that I had basically circled saying there's no reason to bring him back until then. Bring him back in this matchup that gives them an opportunity to really rack up some success offensively. That's what I think we see here in this spot. So I like it. I haven't played it yet on this spread, uh, but definitely got my eyes on it. All of my guys on social media, because when he says that, he usually – Throws out some information on social media to let you know that he's going to be making that play. And the easiest way, just become a Sportsline member. You get all their picks whenever they put them up. You don't have to wait for a show like this, although we do it every single day. All right, this next one. Gentlemen, I think a lot of the <clears throat> excuse me, the public at home does not realize we have not one undefeated team, but two undefeated teams. Now, one of them is actually 6-0. The other one is 6-0 against the spread. And I'm talking, of course, about the Atlanta Falcons, who last week at home got the job done as six-point 
underdogs against the San Francisco 49ers. This week, they travel to Cincinnati. We already know, Mikey, uh, one side of your parlay, but the Bengals laying six here, total 47 and a half. Would you be so kind to tell us the other leg? Yeah, the other side here is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals. I like them on the money line. I like them minus six as well. I make the number seven and a half uh, at this spot, but I've elected to put them first in the money line parlay with the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, but I like that they were able to ultimately escape with the win against the Saints. Uh, big day for Jamar Chase. We talked about him on the morning show that morning. Liked it a lot. Uh, Higgins is going to be out there and healthy. Helps that offense a ton. Love this spot for him, though. I'm not a big believer on the other side. Give me the Bengals in this spot on their home field. Rack up another win and slowly start to turn their season around. And RJ, I think Mikey brought up a really good point. When you need to get your season going and you need one of your studs to get going, that late touchdown did all of that for Cincinnati. But now you come home. Can they make it two in a row? I think they can. Atlanta's offense is top 10 in pass yards per play and rush yards per play. They're more interested in running the ball. Cincy's defense much worse against the run than pass, so that's an ideal matchup for Atlanta on their side of the ball. But Cincy's offense uh, should have success passing the ball against an Atlanta defense that's 32nd in sack rate. We know the issues for Cincinnati have been, can they protect Joe Burrow? Can, can the line come together? And you can do that a lot easier if you're placing a team that has an awful sack rate like Atlanta does. So I think Cincy will be able to score points in this game. I think Atlanta will be able to score points in this game. Atlanta has 23-plus points in five of their six games, the only – time they missed out on that is versus the elite Tampa Bay rush defense. And like I said, since his defense is not even on that level, I'm not even close. So if I'm playing anything here, it's probably the over of 47 and a half. Just want to check on the weather late a little bit later in the week, see how it goes. Um, but if it's fine, I think this game gets over 50. And we will probably pull the trigger on Sunday on our noon Eastern show, turn on those notifications. So you don't miss the start of that show either. This next one has me scratching my head and I'm sure RJ and Mikey, you're going to give me a reason why the line came out like it did. But Jacksonville is favored by three over the New York football giants who are five and one. Yes, three of the six games they've trailed by double digits. They've come back to win those games, though. Daniel Jones playing pretty good. Saquon Barkley playing like an all pro. So why in the world is this number at three, the total sitting at 42 and a half? RJ, tell me why. Yeah, sometimes when you see these ridiculous numbers like this, you just go ahead and play it. Like, a, I, for me, Seattle versus Arizona last week was like that. There's no reason uh, Arizona should be favored to play Seattle. That worked out. This one, it feels like just play the Giants. Don't even think about it. Um, but the Giants are finding ways to win despite an offense that's 30th in pass yards per play and 31st in sack rate. They're just not throwing the ball very well, and they're just finding ways to win. I mentioned earlier in that Baltimore game, they got dominated in the box score, um, but they came away with the win. Um, that's not a team I really want to be backing, um, but that tends to be because they're overrated going into the next week, and this line certainly isn't overrating them, making them three-point uh, dogs at the Jaguars, a team that isn't playing that well. Um, we know the Giants want to run the ball. Run game's been a major factor for them, but Jacksonville's defense is third in rush yards per play um, the Giants defense also struggles to stop the run and uh, Jacksonville's offense coming off a game where they have 243 rushing yards so if they can have something similar and a similar game plan going into this game maybe they run the ball a ton and they actually are leading the Giants third quarter fourth quarter and the Giants have to try to find some way to win again um, power ratings again say jump all over the Giants here feels like a trap game to me um, I think this line is going to come down significantly if people wanted to be on the Giants and then I might be on the Jaguars once it gets in that one and a half one range but, Mike, it feels like to me that if we do what RJ just said and we jump on it now, okay, jump on it now, why don't we take the Giants up to nine then into a teaser lane? I mean, typically won't want to do that, but I, I don't I actually don't hate it personally uh, because I do kind of lean towards the Giants. The issue is I don't think the Giants are a very good football team. The market definitely doesn't, uh, as evident by this line at three. Um, if you like the Giants, I would play them now. I don't see really any scenario that they move to three and a half. Uh, the more likely scenario is, is this thing closes one and a half, maybe even as far as a pick them. I doesn't seem like that that's really likely, though. Um, it, it is a little puzzling. I, I make the Jaguars minus one uh, on their home field. This game's kind of similar to Bill's Chiefs. And it's kind of funny to hear myself say that out loud. It's similar in that it's a game that's likely a final possession game. Uh, these two teams are not very good, in my opinion. Um, I haven't played it yet, but I don't like this Giants team. I think they're a lot worse than their record indicates. I think the market typically is agreeing with me in this spot. 
but the issue is, is they're not playing a good team either. So I'm not playing this game for now. Lean towards the Giants this number, but I really don't want any part of this game. Man, anything could happen. I mean, Jacksonville was up 14 nothing on the Eagles, then gave up 30-some points in a row. But anything could happen in the National Football League. It's never as simple, but like the guy said, sometimes it is. And we'll see this week, by the end of the game, which one it was. All right, now, one more game at 1 o'clock Eastern on Sunday. And who would have thought that neither one of these teams would be above 500 after, after six games? And all the turmoil going on in Tampa. Tom Brady, all of a sudden, guys, is not the chosen one anymore. He's getting criticized for going to a birthday party for Roger Kraft in New York, then flying to Pittsburgh on his own, and then laying an egg on top of it. They are not very good right now at 3-3. Three and three. The Panthers went to L.A. and looked mundane, scoring 10, but their only touchdown was on a pick six. This number is 10.5 for the Bucks on the road. Are you serious? Total 40.5. Mikey, what do we make of this game? Uh, it's ugly. It's definitely an ugly situation. Uh, the numbers are going to tell me that you lean towards the Panthers plus 10 and a half in this spot. It's pretty gross. Not something I'm personally willing to do. Uh, look, I think the line should be nine given the current state, uh, which is interesting because if I told you that Carolina would be down Robbie Anderson now on a backup quarterback, coach fired, all of that, you would have expected this Bucks line to be 13 and a half at some point. Uh, that's how bad Tampa Bay and Tom Brady have been recently. So I think the number should be nine. That said, no chance I'm playing the Panthers at 10 and a half, even on their home field here in this spot. Um, it's an in-game opportunity waiting to happen if you're willing to wait and bet this game live. Uh, but I personally can't get to anything here pregame. Very interested to see where RJ is on it, though. Yeah, RJ, I'm interested to see where you are on this game, too. Yeah, it's up to 11 now. Um, so like Mikey, Carolina's got to be the against the spread play, um, even as the NFL's worst team, but I can't do it either. Um, you know, I did it last week with them and the Rams, another team that hasn't been playing well offensively like Tampa Bay, and the Rams still got there. They managed to get the final touchdown they needed to cover that number. Um, Tampa's offense has no excuse for their sleepy performance against a banged-up Pittsburgh defense. Their offense is now 21st in yards per play, four spots below this Green Bay offense that we all agree is pretty ugly. Um, Tampa Bay can't run the ball 32nd in yards per play uh, on the run game. Um, so maybe Tampa can, or maybe Carolina can scheme to that and try to take away the pass and we'll see how they are. Um, Carolina's offense is just as bad as they always are against the Rams. Um, but they almost got that backdoor cover with Jacob Eason coming in, you know, and taking oh, over from a hurt yeah. DJ Walker gets a big play to McCaffrey gets down to the goal line then throws a pick. So I don't know if he plays in this game and everybody else is hurt. Maybe they, the line goes up to where Mikey's saying and Panthers become a decent play. But for me, the under feels like the safer play with how both these offenses are playing and not expecting Carolina's offense to do much. So if I was going to play anything, it'd be under even at 40 and a half. All right. It is a low number, but as the guy said, well, you, you have no confidence in anybody that plays for either one of these teams, including Tom Brady, including Mike Evans right now. All right, those are the early games. We have four late Sunday night and Monday night. But before we get to those, you know, my guys make a lot of money. We got to pay those bills. Here's a word from one of our incredible partners. And we are back. We continue on with our weekly NFL Mega Preview. M Squared, the Stoic One, RJ White. I am the coach. We are now to our four o'clock games on Sunday. And this one, and again, who would have thought six weeks ago that the Jets would be going to mile high, four and two, flying high? And then you got the Broncos. $200 million-plus quarterback, Russell Wilson. He loves Jesus. We know. He loves God. He tweets about it all the time. Let's stop that for a second. Let's keep this on the field. And Russell Wilson hurt his hamstring last night. He's already has a bad lat. He played in the game. I'll give him credit for that. But the Broncos are an absolute offensive mess. So, gentlemen, when we look at this somehow, Denver is favored by two and a half. Total 39 and a half. RJ, this is part of your teaser. Talk to me. Yeah, it's dropping. It was three um, before we knew about the Russell Wilson situation. We immediately went to two and a half after the reports came out that he was getting an MRI for his hamstring with what's called a fairly significant injury. Um, so if he doesn't play in this game, you're getting Brett Rippon. Um, and I know Russell Wilson is not playing well, but that's still a pretty significant drop off, especially when you think about 
what has Russell Wilson done to overcome whatever plays he's getting fed in by Nathaniel Hackett, who might be have taken the, the mantle from Urban Meyer as the worst coach in the league. Um, so if you don't have Russell Wilson to overcome that, and you're relying on Brett Rippon, who, who isn't going isn't gonna to do things on his own like Russ is. Good luck with that offense. Um, I have this as the second leg of my teaser. It's down to one and a half now. I, I expected it to keep moving when I put the Broncos, uh, the Jets in as a teaser play. Um, got him at eight and a half in the article we did about teasers on the site earlier today. Down to set one and a half, so you have to tease it to seven and a half, which is still a fine teaser leg. So I'm teasing the Saints and the Jets together, both at seven and a half. Jets defense won the game against Green Bay because the offense didn't look great until the second half, and then the run game took off. I'm not that confident in the Jets' um, offense right now, so I, I'm not that confident in making them uh, a, a play on their own, even against Brett Rippon and the Broncos. Um, but at the current number, I think it's worth teasing the Jets in what's going to be a low-scoring game. Fair enough. I actually agree with all of that that you just said, but let's go to the other side, Mikey, because when you look at these Jets and last week, a lot of people said, oh, Green Bay's the play. The Jets are going to come back to earth. They dominated the Green Bay Packers last week. They look like the better team. Do you think going to Denver this week, once again, they will look like the better team? I don't know if they'll look like the better team. They'll look like a competent football team, which is saying a lot for the Jets over the last decade, really. But, uh, yeah, I I lean towards Denver still in this spot. I'm not playing it until we know Russell Wilson's status. Uh, I think best-case scenario, Russell Wilson plays. This thing moves back to two. Um, th- there's a chance, though, that this game it flips and we see the Jets favored here very quickly. Uh, in this game. And at that point, I would be interested in backing the Broncos at home, really, no matter who's playing quarterback in that environment overall, uh, they they still have a number of skilled position players. They're still a very good team defensively. um, And it's still a tough place to go play a football game. So I like the Broncos as of right now. Um, Again, I know we, we had a showdown last night, Broncos cashed for me there, cashed the ticket overall on them last night. Uh, they find themselves in competitive football games, really, no matter what. And I think that that's what we're pretty much guaranteed to see here. Um, like the Giants, the Jets, incredible story, great season so far. Nowhere near as good as their record indicates. All right, fair enough. Uh, by the way, Mikey, a little off topic here, but you remember the, on the morning show today when Johnny Bowman gave out that over half a base for a guy who'd been two for his last 54? And what did yep. I say? I said, you know what's going to happen? Yep. And sure enough, he just got a single in the baseball game. (laughs) I would love to see Bowman's face right. This guy was two for his last 54, and he just got a base hit today. What are the odds? What are the odds? All right, that's betting for you. That is betting for you. All right, next game at 4.05 Eastern, gentlemen, on Sunday, Texans and the Raiders. Now, Las Vegas, they've been very, very competitive. But at some point in almost every single game, something happens where they kick themselves in their own Batushka. So this week, they're laying seven against Houston. Total 45 and a half. This game is in Vegas. RJ, let's start with you. Your thoughts. Yeah, my power ratings have Vegas around average. They haven't proven it with their record, um, but, you know, they played the Chiefs really close, so that's that's a credit to them. It's not often you see a one-in-four team a seven-point favorites, but that means there's probably a reason for it. Uh, Vegas's offense should have success running against a bad Houston rush defense that ranks 29th in yards per rush. Vegas's defense is great against the run, fifth there, um, which has been the Houston offense strength. Um, maybe the Houston offense comes out and surprises with two weeks to prepare and has some tricks up their sleeve. But, you know, aside from that and just being tricky and not knowing what we're getting from Houston, I think the value is probably on the Raiders. So my lean is to Raiders at minus seven. Um, but, you know, it's such a such a big number for a one and four team. I'm not rushing to play it right now. To RJ's point, Mikey, Houston has been a team that at certain points they've looked competent, but I don't like to bet with hope. And with Houston, it's you're almost hoping that they play well. You can't count on them to play well, can you? No, you definitely can't. Uh, and like RJ said, uh, Vegas run defense is key here in this spot. Um, you know, I, I'm right there with them. I think the number should be eight personally. It uh, doesn't make me super excited to go back this team. I think they're definitely going to win the game at home. Uh, as far as covering the number, I, I'm not as confident there. Uh, I'll be looking to isolate Devontae Adams' player props mostly here in this spot as I do think that he'll find success. And, and they'll continue to keep going to him and keep trying to build that chemistry even more for the rest of the season, frankly. Uh, It's one of those spots that just projects as a spot where they can come in at their own home field, get a win, potentially a big double-digit win, uh, and start to get some 
you know, mojo back in the locker room, if you will. Uh, that's what this one projects as for me, but I'm not going to play it. And it's also one of those games where you, you can kind of target and say, is that a team that would just want to win? No, they want to, to get things going. So Josh McDaniels may put the gas pedal down, even if they get a big lead, which I love. All right. Now Seahawks chargers. Another very fascinating game, at least from my perspective. The Chargers are tied with the Chiefs at the top of the AFC West. They're laying six at home, total 51. The Seahawks are coming in. They looked, well, they they beat the Cardinals. I don't know exactly uh, how they looked, but they're a team playing with confidence. Mikey, is the six too much? Yeah, it's somewhat similar to that Denver game uh, from last night. Uh, I think it's simply too many points. I think the Chargers ultimately end up winning three or four uh, in this spot, but I do expect Seattle to be good enough to hang around. Uh, you know, Ken Walker looks great. They've got the weapons, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Geno Smith has been incredibly accurate. He's actually starting to run a little bit more. He looks comfortable. He's having the time of his life out there playing right now. Um, in this environment, it's not an incredibly threatening environment to go play a football game in. I, I like the spot for Seattle. Um, haven't played it here. I kind of thought we might see this move still with people backing LA for whatever reason people love to back this LA team. I know Justin Herbert's a great quarterback. We'll see on the status of Keenan Allen, but as of right now, if I had to play it, it would be taking the points with the Seahawks. I'm so glad that you brought up his legs. I think he looks as fast as any quarterback playing right now in the league. He looks phenomenally quick. He talks about coming in in shape. But, RJ, when you go on the road and now people aren't looking at you as the team that lost Russell Wilson, they're looking at you as a team that can beat you. So that kind of changes the mentality just a little bit. But now for the Chargers, they're a team that is in first place in their division. They're now right there. They need to keep this thing going. How do they do that? Well, it starts by opening up the offense and letting Justin Herbert do more than than what he's doing. I mean, the offensive coordinator there, I don't know what his problem is, but it's like they have a Maserati at quarterback and they're using it to, you know, run driving school and just like slow down, hit the hit the brakes here. Don't go too fast um, when you have one of the best young quarterbacks in the league. I don't get it with that offense. This line's actually up to six and a half in the market right now. Um, I'm on the Mikey side of Seattle's probably the, the value here. So I'm looking at them at plus six and a half as a lean. Uh, their offense finally slowed down against Arizona, but Ken Walker looks like a gem at running back and the Chargers defense is 31st in rush yards per play. And I think having a good run game where you can rely on Walker is going to help Gino in the past game here too. Seattle's defense coming off a great day, um, but it's a much tougher test against what should be an elite passing game that I have my issues with the offensive coordinator, not, not opening it up as much as he should. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of points here. It's totals at 51. Um, so if you want to play the over, I think that's solid. Might come down a little bit and we get a better value. But I trust in Gino to get the backdoor cover if needed. So six and a half, I think, is a good number for him. Um, we're going to wait for a little bit and see if we can get seven. But if we don't, I'm probably playing it at six and a half. Yeah, I love that advice on the over. I think the over was the right play last week. And if Arizona would have scored more points, what they easily could have, Seattle would have scored more points themselves. They just didn't have to. They didn't have to. All right, we've got a great game at 425 this week. And when you're a good team, you play good schedules every single year. That's just how the NFL works. So the Chiefs go from the Bills at home to the 49ers on the road. This is not an easy stretch for the Kansas City Chiefs. They're favored by three, however. The 49ers back-to-back -back weeks on the East Coast, so they're coming home after spending two weeks away. Total 48 and a half. Mikey, this is one of your best bets. Talk to me. Yeah, I'm going under the total here on this one. Uh, I think it's just a touch high. I would expect this to be 46 and a half, 47. Uh, look, I I'm impressed with the Kansas City defense at times. I know that they ended up ultimately losing to Josh Allen and gave up a few plays, but Josh Allen is Josh Allen. He's absolutely ridiculous. He's out there extending plays, extending drives uh, with his legs. He just makes great plays that the average quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo especially, is not going to be able to make. And they held that team to 24 points. Again, they lost the game in doing so. But if they're holding Buffalo to 24 points in that kind of a game, it tells me they're doing something right defensively still. And then on the other side, look, I think the 49ers defense, while a little banged up, is still decent enough. It's a road game for Mahomes. I think this game comes in under the total of 48 and a half. Again, I make it 46 and a half. Pretty friendly number here. I'm going under. RJ, last week, finally, Jimmy G looked like the Jimmy G that lost his job to Trey Lance. He looked awful in Atlanta. 
And I think that's part of the reason, as Mikey just alluded to with that great analysis, that the Chiefs are favored on the road. If they would have played like they'd been playing, I don't think this number would be where it is. What did you see from the 49ers last week? It was a disappointing game. I thought they were going to struggle in one of those road games. It just happened to be the second one, um, you know, but credit credit to Atlanta coming out and playing in that game. Um, Chiefs offense, great on third down and in the red zone, where the San Francisco defense, as good as it is, number one overall, um, they're just good in, in those situational situa- you know, plays. So maybe Kansas City's offense, once they get into those situations, they'll have the upper hand there. If the 49ers defense doesn't get several pieces back, I don't know if they slow Mahomes. I don't have as much faith in the defense as Mikey does. Um, it feels like the Chiefs defense is struggling versus the run when you watch them. I think Singletary had a pretty solid game last week, but they are sixth in rush yards per play. So this one may be on Jimmy G to get the win here. I'm not interested in playing this three. I'm hoping it goes down um, because 49ers are a good team overall, and I might play the Chiefs once it gets under three. So right now I'm just a lean to the Chiefs. Okay. This is definitely one of those games you want to wait because they're both good. The number's not going to move as much as maybe other games, so you're going to be safe waiting till Sunday. Watch us at noon and see what uh, where everything sits there. Uh, by the way, uh, interesting development in the baseball game. Uh, Aaron, not Judge, but the other Aaron. Who's the other Aaron? Help me out. Help me out. For the Aaron Yankees. Hicks. Just, Aaron Hicks just got knocked out of the game. He went into a. He ran into the left fielder. Now the Indians have bases loaded, down 4 nothing. big spot. We're on Cortez under four and a half strikeouts. He has two and one more hit. He's out of the game, so we could catch that ticket live here on the air. Now, <clears throat> Steelers and the Dolphins. RJ, I'm coming to you first. Because Tua, according to all of the reports, will start this week. He is out of concussion protocol. Big, big deal. Now, the Steelers... They had to use both quarterbacks last week. Trubisky came in in relief, and he looked really, really good in beating the Bucs. So the Dolphins favored by seven. The total sitting at 44 and a half. Talk to me. Love the Dolphins this week. I don't think the market has adjusted enough for Tua being back. I had them at one point as four points better than average when they were humming along. 3-0, and beating good teams, beating the Ravens, beating the Bills. Um, I think this is a good team when they're healthy. We'll see how healthy they are overall, but we know they're going to have their quarterback here. Miami's defense, let's talk about. They actually played well against Minnesota. I know they lost the game, but Minnesota had nine of their 11 first downs in the game on two drives, and then they had one long cook run to ice the game. But aside from that long cook run, Miami allowed 181 yards of offense, actually played very well defensively. Pittsburgh's offense, 32nd in yards for play. A lot of that has to do with Trubisky, so I know he played well closing out that game, but he he is not a good quarterback. I think they have to hope that Pickett is able to play. And if they he does, maybe they have a chance, but we'll see how much he practices. I love fading a team like Pittsburgh, who I don't think is very good, and they're coming off an upset win where they're feeling better about themselves. Maybe they take themselves a little bit too, too, too highly. Now they go on the road to a tough a place with a tough home field that I always harp on. Miami has one of the better home fields in the league. I know this game is at night, so the the, wet, the sweltering you know conditions might not be as much of a factor, but I still trust in that Miami home field. Miami's defense has played above the stats in the past thanks to turnovers. Um, they haven't graded out statistically as a good defense, but they always end up having a good defense. And I think this is a situation where they can get turnovers against these quarterbacks um so i would put this line up at nine and a half right now um so i think it's going to move one once Tua looks fine and he's practicing love getting miami at minus seven as a best bet and mikey to rj's point when when two has been in the game this year they have looked absolutely offensively fantastic and when you play at home and you start to get that mojo going you can start to play downhill like that it can be tough for anybody much less average quarterback this feels like that kind of a spot yeah, no, it definitely does. Uh, feels like the spot where you could see a Dolphins victory here, literally 21 to 7 type game. Uh, look, I, I like the spot for him. Um, I also like Tyree Kill a lot in this spot as well. He, his player props, you know, he missed one the other week when he was going to have a game with Teddy Bridgewater. Skylar Thompson took over on the second snap of the game. Uh, other than that, he's been absolutely electric. I uh, wanted to point out quickly on how good he individually has been too. He's pacing for almost 2,000 receiving yards this season. Cooper Cup won the receiving triple crown last year with 145 catches, 1947 yards. Tyree Kill is pacing for 141 and one in 1986 here. Uh, he's essentially doing what Cooper Cup did last year so far. Now he's got the quarterback back again. Uh, look out. I'm, it's Dolphins are nothing in this game for sure. 
I also like the fact that it seems like he's calmed down just a little bit. He's starting to give props to other teams and, you know, not insult his old team anymore. He's kind of figured out, let us do you and let us do us and you guys do you. I like this Tyreek Hill. I like this attitude and I like how he's playing. I like how he's playing. So we'll, of course, attack his props coming up on Sunday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on Early Edge Live, counting down to Sunday night football. We're also on the air live Monday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, counting down to the Bears and the Patriots. Minus 7.5 for a Pats team, Mikey. Total 39.5 for a Pats team that looked every bit the part. They dominated the Cleveland Browns last week. So much so that a young walk-on decided – hey, how about I give a game ball to Bill Belichick? And he looked down at the ball, looked back at the kid, and luckily some coach came along and grabbed the kid, took him away. It was hilarious. If you guys haven't seen it, go look it up on YouTube. But take all of that away, Mikey. The Patriots look pretty good. Are you now believing? Uh, I mean, I believe they can win this football game. I believe that they can find themselves in somewhat competitive games. I don't believe they're a team that can ultimately contend with, with Buffalo or really Miami. Uh, they're in the own division. And then in the AFC, it's just a difficult road. So I'm not a believer in that sense, but I'm a believer that they can manage games and win football games still. This definitely qualifies as one of them. Uh, look, it's Monday Night Football. I'm excited for another game that has 23 total points in it. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, so my lean here is the under 39 and a half, the under on the Chicago Bears team total. Um, potentially Justin Fields to have a turnover in this spot. But, yeah, it's going to be under for me. As far as whether or not the Patriots end up covering the spread, I lean that way. But it's a big number in a low-scoring game. Uh, not going to shock me at all if they win by six or seven and don't cover the seven and a half. So under to start the game and then under uh, it live in game multiple times, probably. Love both of those ideas. RJ, what if we brought the number down to one and a half and put the Patriots into a teaser? What would you think about that? Yeah, I think it's a great call. I actually have uh, them in my teaser article for this week. I didn't put them in on this show. I, I, I had to decide whether I want to go with a Thursday team or the Monday team, and I knew we were going to get one shot to use the Thursday team, so I went with that one. Um, but I think definitely they're a teaser candidate right now. Their defense has gotten run on by a few opponents, though. So Chicago's offense could have success in that that uh, that facet of the game. But if the Chicago offense falls on a hole at all, I mean, the, the New England defense is not going to let them back in the game with uh, Justin Fields throwing the ball, even though he gets like one big play every game, and then that's it. That's all for the pass offense. Uh, New England's offense is actually now eighth in yards per play and third in pass yards per play. I know we kind of look at them as a running team based on what they have a quarterback, but Bailey Zappi showing he can get it done as a passer. Um, surprisingly, you know, it's surprising that that the Patriots were able to find a day three quarterback to be successful. When have, when have they ever been able to do that? Um, Chicago doesn't seem as bad, though, as I thought earlier in the year. Um, I've adjusted them up slightly in my ratings. But this is a very tough matchup for them, um, Justin Fields, going against Bill Belichick's defense. Um, so I, I think New England minus seven and a half is the play if you don't want to tease it. I think it's going to go up from here. I think I see some eights out there right now. So if you can find seven and a half, I would suggest playing it now. Do not make us tell you on Sunday. We told you on Tuesday. And then it's at eight and a half. My guys are rarely ever wrong. By the way, we're always having new viewers, new fans coming into Early Edge, and we appreciate all of you. Mikey, quick question from the chat. When it comes to totals for over-unders, what are the key numbers you guys talk about? Uh, 41, 44 going to be pretty key numbers. 51, um, 49 to some extent, but for a lot, especially this season, a lot of them you're going to care mostly about are going to be 41, 44, 43. Uh, in that range. Okay, very good. Tyler, there you go. Thanks for hanging out with us and watching today and asking your question. All right, it is that time of the show, our weekly NFL Mega Preview Recap, brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. Here are our best bets. RJ, go. I have the Ravens minus six and a half. I believe that they're a lot better than what they showed uh, in their loss last week. They actually dominated the the box score there. So I think they come back. They have a huge win here and they cover the minus six and a half pretty easily against a flailing Browns offense. I have the Dolphins minus seven. I don't think the line has adjusted up enough for Tua being back. I had them as a very good team when he, when everything was running on all cylinders and he was healthy. Um, I didn't put them all the way back to that number in my rating, but where I did put them back, put this line at nine and a half. So I think this line should adjust up and getting it at minus seven is a great value. 
And then I tease the Saints and the Jets both as one and a half point underdogs. Tease them up through the three and seven to seven and a half. So you're getting that touchdown proje- protection on each. I think Saints are, are going to stick with Arizona. I don't think Arizona is good enough to run away from anyone right now. Um, I have that game as a pick them. And then on the other leg of the teaser, I just think, again, you're not going to see the, them run away from, especially if it's it's Russell Wilson uh, out in that game and they have Brett Rippon. So I like the Jets as a teaser leg along with the Saints. Well, great start to the week. Mikey, you're up. All right. I'm going to Arizona here. Plug your nose on this one. But I like the Cardinals on the money line, minus 118. Having DeAndre Hopkins back is going to make a big difference, in my opinion. It's going to help Kyler Murray out tremendously. Backs are against the wall here for them. Yes, I know it's a short week for them, but it's also a short week for a Saints team that has some question marks at the quarterback position. We're going Cardinals money line on Thursday night football. Kansas City Chiefs. 49ers under 48 and a half here. I like the Kansas City defense holding Buffalo to 24 points. Not going to be Josh Allen out there making plays. It's Jimmy Garoppolo. Look for an inspired effort there. Look for San Francisco to try to run the ball, eat some clock as well. We're going under 48 and a half. I think it's a very, very friendly number. And then finally, a money line parlay. Cincinnati Bengals on their home field. Baltimore Ravens on the home field here. Love both of these teams to grab wins. I think it's excellent spots for them to have big, convincing wins. We're going to put them together on the money line. Very, very good. Very, very good. That is our weekly recap brought to you by Caesar Sportsbook and Casino. Incredible partners for us here at Early Edge and Sportsline. Now, you know, I liked in every single show asking my guys, what's the biggest thing, the number one thing you're looking forward to from the content we just talked about? RJ, start us off. Yeah, I want to see how these quarterbacks perform when they uh, that are getting healthy. I want to see how Tua looks in his first action back from multiple concussions. That we think he had multiple concussions. I know the first one they said it wasn't, but but you know just looking at how he responded, we'll see that. And then let's see how Dak looks if he can grip a football. I know that was the issue going into last week, and they didn't use him there. So if he's cleared and he's playing, we'll see how he looks for that offense because the defense has been playing really well there. And if Dak looks back to back to form, they could easily establish themselves as a top five, top eight team somewhere around there. Having a healthy quarterback when you go into week seven, it's paramount. We're starting to see teams separate themselves. Mikey, what are you looking forward to this week? Yeah, I think we're all looking forward to the Cowboys situation with Dak. But outside of that, I've got my eyes on the Broncos situation. I think that game's got a lot of betting potential uh, hosting the Jets here. Questions around Russell Wilson. We're going to see line movement all week on this one. So I'm very fascinated to see how that plays out. And then... Monday Night Football. I'm actually excited for that. I love Big Ten football. I love sloppy, ugly games. Uh, I want to see if Zappy can keep it up and and what the Patriots are all about here. Well, certainly Chief is excited about Monday Night Football. Very excited. For those of you who don't know, when Chief gets excited, it usually means watch that game. Make that pick. He has a sixth sense. It's crazy. A sixth sense. As does Goose. We've got a lot of mascots here at the Early Edge, and we love them all. What another really good hour of education and entertainment. It matters. It can't all be fun and games. you got to have the information and use it to the best of your ability from the best cappers in America. So with that being said, there's only one thing left to do. And I believe you all know what that is. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these NFL tickets straight to the pay window. For my entire crew, love them all. The stoic one, R.J. White. M squared, Jake the Snake on the ones and the twos. I am the coach. We're here every single week at 4.30 p.m. Eastern time with our weekly NFL mega preview. We do it, and we do it for you at the early edge. Good luck. Good luck.